Welcome to Revenue Rehab, your one-stop destination for collective solutions to the biggest challenges faced by marketing leaders today. Now head on over to the couch, make yourself comfortable, and get ready to change the way you approach revenue. Leading your recovery is modern marketer, author, speaker, and chief operating officer at Tegrita, Brandy Starr. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Revenue Rehab. I am your host, Brandy Starr, and we have another amazing episode for you today. I am joined by not one, but two amazing guests, Matt Hines and Mike Rizzo. So as the founder and president of Hines Marketing, Matt has more than 15 years of marketing business development and sales experience from a variety of organizations, vertical industries, uh, and company sizes. His career has focused on delivering measurable results for his employers and clients in the way of greater sales, revenue growth, product success, and customer loyalty. Mike Rizzo is the community-led founder of MoPros and MarketingOps.com. With his extensive background in marketing, Mike helped to build, launch, manage, and optimize MavenLink's first-ever user community and client advisory board programs. He is the founder of MoPros, the community for marketing operations professionals that is growing with an average of 110 new members every month. He is also the co-host of the podcast called OpsCast by MoPros. And as the founder of MarketingOps.com, Mike is taking a community-led approach to building resources that are purpose-built for marketing ops professionals. Matt, Mike, welcome to Revenue Rehab. Your session begins now. I love this. Uh, thank you for having me. This is and what a what a great intro. I never I was just going to say that was the best podcast intro I have ever seen. That was phenomenal. Yeah. Well, thank like, you. Taking I notes going back to Opcast. <laughs> the co-hosts. Uh yes, I was going to say I, you know, everyone laughed when I was like, "Okay, we're launching a po- podcast. I got to do a photo shoot." And they were like, "You just <laughs> did a photo shoot for the book launch." And I was like, "No, no, no. We got to have podcast photos because there has to be a video and a voiceover and everybody's like, "You're so extra." But I am glad you like it. <laughs> That means it was on. worth it. <laughs> yeah. Well done. So as I say, those dynamic and amazing bios, it tells you that I am here by, you know, with two of our industry greats. Um, but before we jump into why you guys are amazing and why we're here, I like to break the ice with a little woo moment I call buzzword banishment. Uh, so I'll start with you, Matt. What buzzword would you like to banish forever? I, if, if I never had to hear the term thought leadership again, I would be a happy man. <laughs> it's, it's, between thought leadership and influencer, those just make me throw up a little in my mouth every time I hear them, especially when someone has to tell me that they're a thought leader. If you have to tell me you're a thought leader, I'm guessing you might not be. Um, yes. I, and, I, and I get that sometimes in the industry, we have to put a name on things. But just say smart, just say interesting things. Just be an interesting person. <laughs> like focus on being valuable to other people and like do that every day and never stop doing that. And that might be the reason why people start and continue listening to you 
like just do that and don't put a name on it i just the the name brings out the fringe that makes gives it a bad name so anyway i'm off my yes i love it and you also hear people how do i position myself as a thought leader i'm like have thoughts that actually yeah. matter and <laughs> say them out loud. Yeah, my honorable <laughs> mention was going to be be uh, my my close second was personal brand, which also makes me throw up a little in my mouth. So, um, I'll let it go. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Mike, what about you? I, you know what? I don't know. I I'm having a hard time with um, categorically the the buzziness of RevOps right now. Um, it's it's just a little bit difficult to get my arms around. I think just because there's so much combative sort of nature around like the category and definition and, and everything that's sort of shaping up the umbrella of RevOps. Like, I think we all know what we want it to be, <laughs> but yes. we're all really struggling to bring it to fruition. And, and, and I don't think there's arguments necessarily happening, but. Um, oh, there's definitely, definitely an argument happening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, there definitely is. I mean, I can tell you, I mean, you see over my shoulder, you know, we wrote the book on the future of revenue as we see it. And the fact that marketing and sales and service and everything that touches revenue could ever coexist under one leader and one umbrella. Um, and, you know, with the ops function being a part of that, there is definitely a debate where people have said, like, it's not possible. It's only theoretic. You know, everything's so different. So. I, I understand. I love the word, but yeah, it does spark a lot of debate that I think is misplaced. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it's misplaced. I think the intention is 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 um, is there, and I think trying to move the conversation further out of the sales org and sales op, sort of sales ops lens is is the goal. Uh, and we talk a lot about that at MoPros and marketing ops, right? Um, but we need to bring in a lot more of our counterparts on the client success side as well to to really round out that conversation. And I think that's the part that's frustrating is that the the client success org needs to be brought in a little bit more. Um, and and so maybe all of us here collectively on this call today can can go find our favorite client success folks and bring them into a chat one day. <laughs> There we go. We've got, you know, action items and we haven't even jumped in yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was my takeaway. I gave it, I, I'm giving everybody a takeaway early. <laughs> Am I getting to do's from this podcast? I did not sign up for that, Randy. Right? Be like, oh, did boy. we not tell you that part? Well, no. sorry. Uh, <laughs> but I want to jump in and talk about why I've asked both of you to join me here on the couch today um, because. You both run amazing communities. So Matt Hines, you along with Latney run CMO Coffee Talk um, and Mike with MoPros. I'm a member of both of them. I get a lot of value of both communities. I require our marketing team to join marketing, uh, to join MoPros and to follow those things because having a tribe and finding your people is really extremely important in my opinion and often not talked about. We all, you know, we go through the same things, you know, based on where you're at in your career, you know, the types of companies you work with, but so often we kind of just suffer in silence and we try to figure it out on our own, you know, especially those that are earlier in their career don't want to say like, I don't know what to do, like help me. And so like, there's this kind of missing component of, 
that I feel that we can all help each other to move forward in our businesses and our career. And it starts with, you know, finding your tribe of people, which in a lot of cases are, you know, traditional online communities or you know, sometimes in person, but less uh, since the pandemic. Um, and so I really want to talk about that. And, and so my first question, I'm going to ask you both the same question. And this time, Mike, I'll start with you, is what prompted you to start your community? Like what led to your desire to bring people together? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think so this is sort of in two parts. One, I never intended that there would be a community. <laughs> um, and, and really, it was very selfish. Um, I was very alone in, in my role in marketing operations when I was first at um, an organization known as Maven Link, which you mentioned in the intro. Um, and no one really could talk shop with me. And if I did try, oftentimes it was met with like, I, you know, I don't know how to help you or I'm kind of uninterested. They might not verbalize that, but it felt that way. Right. <laughs> um, and so as I met folks at in-person events uh, in the before times, we I would connect with them and say, hey, join me in this little Slack channel. Slack was kind of an up and coming thing. And I blogged about it. And then fast forward to 2019, suddenly something changed. People wanted to be a part of like connecting with other marketing ops people. Uh, and so I don't know if the search queries increased or my Google favored my little medium blog post, but people were asking me to, to join and it was a one-to-one -one invite process. So I scaled it. I said, hey, this has always been a place to talk shop about marketing ops, regardless of the marketing automation tool that you use, um, you know, come talk shop. And we grew, we grew at like 110, 120 people a month. And I, I went at the time I was back at that Maven link role, building that community. And I was like, gosh, how do I create value for these folks? Like we, we can't just have this be an empty space. Uh, and so really the impetus of the whole thing was I was alone <laughs> and I didn't want to be alone anymore. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden I wasn't alone anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, okay, great. Now what do I do with all this? Like I, so I ended up asking the community, what do we do next? Right. And so hence community led. <laughs> awesome. And Matt, I know I've been a part of uh, CMO coffee talk since close to the beginning, mm -hmm. uh, not quite when it first started, but what is the story there? What led you to bring people together? Yeah, there's a couple, there's a couple things that kind of intersected there and it starts partly with, you know, what the, uh, <laughs> what Mike was saying is that didn't intend to necessarily, there was no intention to start a community. A um, couple things. One, I, I'm, a, I'm in a group called EO, which is sort of an entrepreneur organization. And, you know, as I grew my business, you know, it's a very lonely spot to sort of have the role, not only in the business, but also to figure out how to sort of meld your business with the personal and the family and everything else. And, and EO was a network, was a group of entrepreneurs that in a shared safe environment were able to sort of go deep and get vulnerable with each other and admit sort of some of the things we don't know and to share experiences with each other. And that, that peer, that safe, unrecorded, confidential peer to peer environment has been critical for me as a, as a business leader. And we have been doing CMO breakfasts uh, just in person around the country for years, just getting 20 to 30 CMOs in a room and then having some sponsors come in, not to pitch, but to sort of make that possible. Um, and the beginning of 2020, you know, we had set up to do a 10 city tour with Six Sense to do similar breakfasts. And we got through eight <laughs> before the pandemic shut us down. And, you know, the first time we did one of the CMO get togethers that what, uh, what the first of what became the Coffee Talk Friday morning group was 
you know, we for those last two markets, we said, well, we'll do a virtual we'll do a virtual breakfast and anyone else who couldn't attend the other ones can come on a Friday morning. And we'll just, you know, we'll do our we'll do our conversation around digital transformation or whatnot. Well, this happened to be the same week that COVID got real. You know, the NBA shut down. Tom Hanks announced that he had it. So people are freaking out. And so by Friday morning, we had a bunch of CMOs show up that were just fried right trying to keep their company together their teams together their industry together their family together boards whatever it was a cathartic meeting i mean tears were shed all over the place and there was a quest request at the end of that break we obviously we threw out the whole like digital transformation conversation just let people talk and at the end of that people said look you know next week's going to be kind of a you know what show as well can we do it again next friday i'm sure so it started in the crucible of the pandemic. And, you know, I think intentionally or unintentionally, we said, listen, this is going to be a confidential, unrecorded peer to peer group. And I was thinking a lot about the EO value that I'd experienced as an entrepreneur in that tribe. And to this day, you know, it's only CMOs, people that are, have that role, that, you know, role that like, like you were saying is like, it's a lonely role that you have in your organization to find peers you can talk to to be in a place where you can speak candidly about it, um, about issues you're having, about things you don't understand. And really, I think part of the community has also been just the, the communing with each other. The fact that it isn't just about work, that we are very intentional about making this not about the role or the job of making this about the person. So we celebrate things going on in our lives. We have a rant channel that is one of the most entertaining things I have in my life right now. Just hear the rant of people <laughs> um, going through that. I mean, people share what they're doing in off hours. They share kids graduating. We've, uh, and we'll get into some, maybe some more examples later, but I think it's just, it has become a community of people that care about each other based on a shared of, a set of shared experiences. And um, it's been it's been a lot of fun to be part of. Um, and so one thing that I think is really interesting that the two communities have a similarity and a key difference. So MoPros very much is about the job and not to say that there's not a human component because I do see I've had several, you know, people reach out and wanting advice on career progression and different things. And, you know, I've been able to connect with them. So there is always a human component. But very much it is what you were saying in that you need someone to be able to talk shop with. And, you know, Matt, there is a lot of talking shop and how to's and advice there, but it very much is person led because it is a role that's very lonely. And what I have really, what I admire about both communities is you both as leaders have been able to really tap into the needs of the community to maintain that consistency. And I know, Matt, like you've joked a couple times that people give him pressure, like, can we just record this part? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, can my CEO come? Or, you know, can I bring this person? And you very politely take a hard line to like, no, that's not what we're about. And those sort of things make real clear to me that the needs of the community are put first yeah. and so how do you both stay in tune with what your community needs especially as it's grown because both of them have multiplied in size since i've joined them um and so how do you stay on top of that you know the pulse of the community and the needs mm, i mean i i can jump in on on that one uh first if you if you don't mind um go right ahead I would say, 
first and foremost, it's um, I I still talk one on one with a a very large number of community members on a pretty regular basis. Um, and so having that opportunity, we have, we happen to have for, for, for those that are involved sort of on the premium membership side of things, we have an automated way to meet each other. And so um, I use that tool to uh, get a pulse check on, Hey, how's it going? What could we do you know, better? How can we improve this experience for you? Uh, wherever you are in your journey and your career and and your journey as as becoming a, a member of this community. Uh, and so I, I, I pay special attention to um, setting aside time to try to have those conversations. And I even have a, a tool to help me do that. Uh, in addition to that, we do, I think we're fortunate enough to be able to conduct an industry research uh, annual survey of sort of what's going on in in. Uh, marketing operations at large. And so that is very much a pulse check at a larger scale on do you feel recognized by, you know, leadership in the industry at large? Do you feel um, that you're valued? What is your next move? Do you intend to try to lead a team or go independent and all those other things? And so we, we do get some collective data across, you know, oftentimes more than 500 respondents to give us a pulse check on how are how's the broader community feeling about the momentum and and sort of shaping of marketing operations at large? And then how do we ingest that information and create programs to to you know facilitate the need wherever the need ends up being, right? And so if they don't feel like they're understood by leadership, well, what do we need to do to to create programs for that? Uh, and so those are the two ways that we're we're constantly thinking about you know keeping in tune with uh, the needs of the community. What about you, Matt? I'd echo some of those things. I think are just general practices. I think, you know, to the point of making sure that it's sort of a really peer-to-peer community. Um, I do want to give, you know, Latin Econ at the CMO Six Sense credit for that. You know, I think when we, we when we did the in-person breakfast, you know, we would let directors and other people come in if they're large organizations. And she was adamant from the beginning, now this, I think this will work better if it really is peer-to-peer. And she was right. And we've really enforced that. Um, and there's a lot of great communities. Like if you're an up-and-coming marketer, there's other great communities that are really your peer set. That are great places for you to go and learn from. Um, you know, we say, you know, no pitches, no recordings. Um, and I'm also thankful that, you know, Latin and Six Sense have been great partners in doing this and that we don't, this is not a demand gen channel for anybody. Um, this is about the community and their needs. And we know that by being associated with it, there will be a halo effect that we get. To be candid, like, I mean, I run a small consulting firm and I think there's a lot of people in the community branding that don't know that. <laughs> they think of me <laughs> as like sort of, you know, hey, Matt's part of Coffee Talk and don't know that to make payroll uh, with people <laughs> behind me somewhere. Um, but I, I'd rather have it be that. I'd, ra- I'd rather be that light a touch and have the opportunity to maintain a, a role in a group of people that, you know, that I, that I continue to learn from on a weekly basis as well. I mean, a couple other things I think, you know, in terms of sort of as we grow is one is staying true to who we are. Um, the cadence of, of the Friday sessions, the cadence that we have in the Slack community, we've really maintained the intimacy of that. We've maintained the level of connectivity, even as we've grown. Um, there's a handful of people that I talk to on a regular basis and a larger group that I will contact periodically and have conversations around kind of two things, topics and features, right? Because I think topics and features, features meaning interactivity, features meaning how do we have an impact 
for people personally as well as the broader communities we live in is important so topics like what other things should we be throwing into on um friday mornings like are there topics that are better birds of a feather group so we now have industry slack channels for people that are doing cybersecurity or services marketing we've got groups of people that if your company is a certain size you've got a place to go and talk to marketers that are similar have similar size stage companies as yours are and the feedback has also been like we want to support each other in deeper ways um had someone anonymously come to me a few weeks ago and say, can you post this and let other people know that I have a, I have a child that's suffering with anorexia and I'm having trouble knowing how to support them and I'm having trouble knowing how to balance what, I, what my child needs with doing my job. Can yeah. you let me know if there's anyone else in the community that would, that would, that would be willing to share? 12 people. 12 i mean like you know 12 people not only had that experience directly but were willing to share with that person and that to me like this is this is this is it this is what we're here for like talk about being there for the people the other thing i'm really proud of and brandon you've seen is the cmos give back um and we launched this a year ago and we've done a number of just gofundme initiatives for nonprofits through the year and we've raised over $50,000 for a variety of groups, uh, including $15,000 for an organization supplying pharmaceutical kits directly on the ground in Ukraine. We continue to do that. Uh, we're expanding that this year to not just be where we can put our money, but where we can put our minds and our ideas. Um, you know, we're kicking off a program with the Sandy Hook Promise to say, how do we as marketing leaders help the head of marketing at San Sandy Hook Promise expand their impact? Um, mm -hmm. so the way we give back extends there as well. And so that's just, you know, it's not about the community itself, but it's the impact the community can now have outside of that community to the other communities that matter. And those were things that were born out of, uh, suggestions from people in the group. So it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's a continual evolution, but I think we also are grounded in why we're here. We're grounded in a set of values and a purpose that it can, it continues to help us grow, but stay focused on the things that matter. Yeah, that tribe component of mm -hmm. like really finding your people is like such a key thing that I don't know that everyone really thinks about. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I'd like to ask is, so talking to the head of marketing, which is who primarily listens to this podcast, what advice do you have for them in one, you know, finding their tribe or the importance of them having a tribe. And obviously if they're ahead of marketing, CMO Coffee Talk is a, you know, clear place to land. Um, <laughs> but in addition to that, really even supporting their team. And like I said, like my team, which is just two people, so not a huge team, we're a small company, but both of them are a part of MoPros. And mm -hmm. there is an expectation that they are going to be an active part of MoPros because, you know, we consult in the space of marketing operations and mm -hmm. that is a part of their job. So I'm like, this is, you know, critical for you. Like tribe is important, but I don't know, like if I think about early in my career, I didn't, you know, and I had some amazing managers, but I can't say that I really had anyone pushing me to make sure that I was connected with a tribe. And mm -hmm. so I'd love to hear like thinking about, you know, each one teach one, like as the head of marketing, what advice can you give around connecting themselves or connecting their team so that they all have people? Hmm. That's a hard one. <laughs> it is a hard one. <laughs> I, I, so 
you know, it, and avoiding a shameless plug, right? If, if they have, you know, if they happen to be, oh, we'll take the shameless sure. plug. <laughs> you know, if they happen to be headed in the direction of marketing ops, like please come, come talk shop and and learn from some of these folks that have been in the space for a long time. But I think it's important to um, set aside the time and ask your team, you know, have you ever thought about connecting with other industry peers? You know, to be fair, most of us grow coming up in marketing, first of all, it's really hard to break into the space, right? Like it's a very cart before the horse, chicken and egg problem. Like, mm -hmm. oh, you need the experience. Well, how do you get the experience? Well, you got to get a job. Well, how do you get a job? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you need the experience. Okay. So I'll just go start an agency and pretend like I have experience and then I'll get a job. Uh, which is what I did. Um, so <laughs> I learned, hey, I learned a ton about what it was like to start a marketing agency, the margins, the profitability, the, the pricing model, the services, everything, right? And that taught me a lot about, okay, well, now I, I have a, a clear understanding of maybe what it would take to do some marketing. Um, but I think asking that question, getting back to the point, is, is really, really critical. Um, I did not have, I, we're in a new era, right? Communities exist, people, uh, and I think the, the world has shifted our perception on the importance of relationship. Um, social networks have been around, but they're not really uh, communities, right? And we're starting to realize the value of the, the community and the connectivity there. And so the question, I think, is now uh, more prevalent and top of mind for leaders, whereas maybe over a little over a decade ago or so when I was getting into the space, it wasn't. And so the questions weren't asked. But I think now it's important to try to be cognizant, take the time, ask your team, what are your goals? What are your career goals? Where do you want to go? Do you want my job one day? Great. Let's figure out how to get there, right? It's perfectly okay. And then anybody who's not in a leadership role right now listening to this, if you want that person's job, tell them. Be polite about it, <laughs> but tell them. <laughs> I want to get to your role, right? I want that. How do I do that? What do I, where do I go, right? And, and, and then ask for the permission to go find your tribe. Well, in many organizations, you know, you may be one of one or two people that actually have your job. Right. So even if there is an opportunity, especially in a remote environment, you know, if we're working here from our basement or wherever, you know, to have connectivity with other human beings from your team is one thing for people that have shared experiences, shared roles, shared pains is really important. So from a connectiveness standpoint, those communities can be really, really valuable from a networking standpoint to find out about other roles, especially when you don't have to be in your metro area to get a job. You can do get it almost anywhere, have a network and have opportunities that is you know sort of almost borderless um i mean learning obviously sure those shared experiences that you come to the community with but that you continue to have that resonate and help you build ships with each other is important and i think the connective tissue that creates most communities i've seen work well is when community members really start to care about each other um, they really start to go beyond just learning from or here's some code or here's something i just did but to be able to share things that are from today you know those little things that you can cheer from with e with each other uh back and forth really create strong bounds in a community um 
and and I do think I mean there's there's something special about having sort of the always on community, whether it's in a Discord or a Slack or what have you, but then also having the opportunity even virtually to sort of see each other. It is such yeah. a richer opportunity when we can exhibit and experience more of our body language, facial language, intonations, um, in person, so to speak. And I'm I'm starting to think mm-hmm. like this is the new in person, right? You know, we're <laughs> not, you know, you got you're in Atlanta, Mike. I don't know where you are, but like I mean, so we're you know at least three time zones, you know, uh, you know, away from each other here, but we can mm-hmm. have a real time conversation. And you know, I think our 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 brains are getting used to this as something that is replacing the in person we've been we've had for tens of thousands of years. Um, but I think that 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 caring about each other component of community, it's not an immediate thing. It's not a guaranteed thing. But if you can get there, boy, you got something sticky. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that actually hits on a, a point that I want to shift gears a, lo- a little bit because there are a lot of companies, so especially in marketing and in some cases in success that are looking at and asking the question, should we start our own community? And, you know, it's one of those things that I wonder, like, right now, there's still not an, a ton of niche communities. And it's like, are we going to get to the point that they're oversaturated and there's just so many communities that they you know no longer are effective or is it a question that people really should be asking like should brands look at is starting a community the right thing for us and as i say mike i see you with a little smirk there (laughs) uh what's your take You were going to ask, uh, I almost said community was the buzzword that I didn't like. And, and this is, this is why uh, I wanted to, to talk about it. I, I actually do like the buzzword of community for all the reasons that we just got done explaining. Um, the reason why I don't necessarily like it is because um, it isn't for every brand. Um and but community can be built within a brand's uh, umbrella if it's done with intention and if it's done with really clear purpose that you stick to to echo a lot of what matt was saying you know they've really stuck to the purpose of uh sort of the bounds that they set right cmos nobody else in there's this there's these sort of rules that we live by and by keeping that close to the vest, the community uh, is able to align and adapt and grow together a lot faster. And so if you are going to do something within your brand as a, as a community effort, um, it is just like being a developer of a product um, or a product manager for that matter. You need to do user research and interview a lot of people and figure out what would be valuable to you and then take the community-led approach to build your community. But it probably isn't for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying no. <laughs> I'm just saying just Don't be really, to... yeah, yeah, be really <laughs> cognizant of the fact that like, to, uh, just again, leaning in on what Matt is saying, right? Like, hey, people might not even know that I have a business behind the scenes that could could potentially benefit from the relationships here. And that's a win. That's exactly the way it should be. And so most of the communities those brands want to go build, please don't build it with the intention of trying to drum up new revenue streams. You're going to not do well. 
No, that's that's the instant killer, you know. I think, and I see a lot of companies say, "I want to create a community," and they they have sort of a, they have ROI metrics built into it that are immediately going to poison the well, mm-hmm. um, you know. And I think you, you you have to play the long game if you're going to run a community like this, and you have to run it with a level of authenticity and respect for the audience. Um, I mean, look, I mean, there's plenty of smart communities that have been built by brands and run by brands that are that take that long game that don't I mean I remember this way early in my career I mean I'm very b2b focused we're very b2b focused when I first started you know 14 years ago I'm like anyone with a check I'll take it um <laughs> it was it was at the um camelback right the folks with the uh with the backpacks you know they said we want to create a community around hydration I'm like that is a terrible idea like you're gonna run out of topics real real fast I said like it's the audience you care about it's not your product so like they ended up creating a product a community around weekend warriors like people that had day jobs but just like go do you know crazy stuff over the weekend like that has some has some legs mm-hmm. most communities that have been successful are not if you look at the way that they're branded they're not company brand forward like top liners wasn't eloqua top liners it was top liners Right. Right. And they worked very, very hard to make it about the community and not about where, you know, how do we pitch within this? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I never say this is the Heinz marketing, CMO coffee talk. It's not the sixth sense CMO coffee talk. It's CMO coffee talk. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and we're, we're better when the brands are secondary. We're better when the community is forward. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that, you know, it's, it's, it takes a level of patience and discipline and even courage to sort of say, we're going to make the long play around that. And I think, you know, one of the reasons that top liners sort of ultimately died is that post-acquisition Oracle started to peel away the things that made it so valuable. There was sort of a pre-Twitter feature that they had in the Eloqua days that was the what's going on. And that became the place where people celebrated and ranted and sort of like sort of shared things where people cared about each other. Like one of the first things Oracle did was strip that out. And said, no, this is just going to yeah. be best practice sharing. This is just going to be like code sharing. I'm like, well, now it's just a bulletin board. It's no longer mm-hmm. a community. It's no longer a community if people aren't connecting with each other. Yeah, yeah I can remember. I mean, I was a total Ella Queen. First thing mm-hmm. I logged into in the morning was Top yeah. Liners. You know, I was in there like, and it honestly, Top Liners early days is one of the things that led me to want to be a consultant because I was so involved in helping to solve other people's marketing automation problems that when I started questioning, like, what do I want to be when I grow up? I was like, yeah, I want to do that thing I used to do in top liners and get somebody to pay me for it. Um, and so that was when I jumped the fence. And yeah, that was like the first killer because I was good at like updating my status. Like, here's what my kids did. Here's what we got going on. And for years, it was frozen there. Like the last thing you had when they stripped that out, it still showed on your profile. Mm-hmm. So mine was something and I think it's gone now but mine was something like so obscure about my day just like frozen in time um but anywho i had a little bit of a nostalgia moment there (laughs) that's so great i love that (laughs) i think i i think you're you know like one of the personas and and traits that you're tapping on there is that like hey you're a problem solver and the the top liners from you know i wasn't a part of that group but Sounds to me like a lot of the folks there were problem solvers and were enjoying the the commiserating over solving different challenges, right? And I think that's in large part like why we see the success of of MoPros uh, happening is that to collectively, like they're trying to figure out how to navigate some pretty difficult things, um, whether it's career trajectory related or a technology 
um, there's something that, that we're tapping into there. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think that's what people need to lean in on, or sorry, brands would need to lean in on is, is like, what is that thing that, you know, brings people together? Weekend Warriors is another great example of that. Well, and, and don't be afraid to let your members lead you in a direction that maybe you hadn't intended, right? I think mm-hmm. like if you decide as a community leaders that we're going to follow my plan and everyone's going to follow me, as well as, like if a community leader comes or someone in the community says, hey, I'd like to do this, like, great, you run it, <laughs> right? Great. If you, you, I will give you the resources, we'll give you the spotlight, but like, here, what do you need to go and champion this? And then all of a sudden, there are initiatives in the community that are community driven, that are member driven. And it may not be, well, that wasn't my vision, but like, no, this is how you let a community flourish by allowing people in the community to take the lead and sort of build and augment and expand the community. That's how the, that's how the community gets, gets fed. It's how it grows. It's how it gets more referrals of more peers that are sort of in that same, in that same group. Yep. And yep, so totally I don't know agree. if it's an official acronym, but you know, PLG is like the hot thing. But right oh, now no. we can don't do CLG. it. CLG. No. Oh, oh. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> the People collective are... face palm. Uh... <laughs> People are using the community-led model in a lot of different places, and I myself use it on what we've launched at marketingops or what we are launching at marketingops.com. Um, and so, yeah, CLG could potentially be a new buzzword that someone comes onto the show. And say, hey. I mean, it's it's not that different than thought leadership, right? Like, there's a thing yeah, when <laughs> But like, here's my problem: you call it community-led growth, and all of a sudden, people are gonna be like, "Ooh, channel! Ooh, it's a channel, See, right?" It's bad that and way, so yeah. now it's got to be like it's a growth channel, meaning I'm putting a goal against it, meaning I have a pipeline contribution number against it, which means I'm gonna start applying pressure to the community to convert. Yep. Yes. And so, like, I'm uh, not saying that that's how everyone runs it. But you run the risk of making this something that it shouldn't be and can't be. Yep. Okay, yep. so I'm going to retract my desire for a new acronym because, yeah, no that's, more that's, that's, you know, <laughs> no more acronyms. Matt's like, I'm coming back to the couch just so that I can put CLG on the buzzword. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so, you know, talking about our challenges is just the first step. And if nothing changes, nothing changes. So in traditional therapy, the therapist always gives the clients the homework. But here at Revenue Rehab, we like to flip that on our head and we ask you to give our audience homework. So what I'd like to hear, um, Matt, I'll ask you to summarize the key takeaways um, and then I'll ask you both for your one thing. What is the one thing that someone uh, can take away as an action item around finding their tribe and being a part of a community? Well, to me, I mean, if, uh, be intentional about finding one or two tribes that represents you. And it may not just be like if you're in marketing ops, I mean, obviously, like the marketing ops community that Mike has built is, is a key part of that. Is it but is what is another group that either within that group or a different group? Is there a I'm in business and I have kids. I've, I'm in business. I'm in marketing and I have toddlers. Right. I'm part of a men's group of just Seattle area people in various businesses that, you know, that we just meet and we sort of, you know, read books about, you know, work with purpose together. And so, like, diff- find those communities with shared experiences where you can build relationships that will feed you personally and make you a better person and a better professional. And my advice on that, the one thing would be, like, find that group and be and, and be all in and be vulnerable, like set an example in the group of being willing to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, 
and I guess, I mean, I've been in the EO group for a long enough where I'm just used to going to our meetings and just like, just being all in and just throwing up all the crap going on in my life and my business. And so I just, I can't help but be that way in, in other circumstances. And I think you, you end up giving people permission to do it as well. And if you're in a community of peers, if you're in a community with shared experiences, other people may be afraid to talk about it or bringing up because they're afraid of how it'll make them look. You set the example. You set the precedent. This is a place where we can do that. You will get more out of it by setting that example. They will get more out of it. It will be a stronger community overall uh, as a result. That's an amazing summary. Be intentional. Um, So, Mike, I'll let you start with your one thing. What is our action item coming out of our conversation today? Um, I think call a meeting with your team and uh, ask the question, where do you want to go in your career? And who do you know that can help you get there? And if you don't know anyone yet, have you explored any environments to help you meet those folks? Um, So call a meeting with your team if you're a head of head of a marketing group, and see where they want to go and and maybe do it one on one so that people feel like they have the permission to be a little vulnerable to echo a little bit about what Matt was saying there, right? Um, Yeah. I, think that's I love that. Takeaway. Most leaders are already doing one-on-one, so that becomes a great uh, next step for your next one-on-one. Mm-hmm. What about you, Matt? What's our one thing? Well, I think that one thing is to be vulnerable, right? Is is to is to be willing to be vulnerable and open up a little bit about kind of your experience and what that means, uh, and give and by doing that, so you're a lead, you can be a leader in your community and give other people permission to create greater strength and value from that community moving forward. Awesome. Well, Matt, Mike, I have enjoyed our discussion, but that is our time for today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And for those listening or watching, if you would like to stay connected to Matt and Mike, um, Matt has the Our Sales Pipeline radio podcast, and he is also one of the people who runs the CMO Coffee Talk. Um, Mike has the Opscast and, of course, the MoPros community. Uh, links to all of those amazing resources are going to be below in the show notes. Um, and then they are both super active, so they're not hard to find on LinkedIn as well. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. I hope that you have enjoyed our conversation. I can't believe that we are already at the end. Uh, We will see you next time. You've been listening to Revenue Rehab with your host, Brandy Starr. Your session is now over, but the learning has just begun. Join our mailing list and catch up on all our shows at RevenueRehab.live. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Revenue Rehab. This concludes this week's session. We'll see you next week.